How's it going, everybody? This is Kyle with Dirt Bike Channel. It has been way too long. I know I've said that on the last couple of podcasts here. Um, summers are busy for me, man. Between uh, life and the family and trying to do some vacations and everything, it has been a busy, busy summer so far. Um, and I uh, just took some time off with the family. I've been down at Lake Powell enjoying some sun down there. It has been hotter than Hades here in Utah for the last couple of weeks, as far as I can tell. Down, we were down on the lake and trying to stay wet and, and have some good t- have a good time down there last last week or so. Been down there twice already this this year. I feel like I haven't been on the bike for more than about five hours in the last thirty days. It really does feel like that. I've got another. I've got a ride tomorrow, and it's going to be interesting because I am really really sore. It wasn't just wakeboarding. My wife tried to kill me on a tube, and uh, I was there with my uh, brother-in-law, and we were trying to stay <laughs> stay on this tube. And that was about 48 out 48 hours ago, and every part of my body right now is just on fire. I've got sore muscles that I didn't even know I had, all the way from my lats to my triceps to down into my glutes and my hamstrings and my quads. It is just on fire everywhere. And then those of you that end up watching this on YouTube, because I might put this podcast out on YouTube, you're going to be looking and saying, Kyle, did you get glasses? The answer is no. These are blue light glasses that I'm testing out. I spend so much time in front of the computer um, that I had a couple of people reach out to me and say, hey, have you tried the blue light glasses to reduce the eye strain? So you guys on YouTube, that's what you're seeing right now. These are blue light glasses. I got a couple different pairs sent to me. See, I'm holding up three different pairs. I've been playing playing around with those for the, the last little bit. Um, I haven't needed glasses yet in my life, but I thought I'd try these uh, blue light glasses and just see if it reduces some of the fatigue on my eyes because I sit here in front of the computer screen for more time than any of you would ever believe. <laughs> that's mostly what this, this gig is, and, and that's mostly what my last gig was too, is a lot of time in front of the computer. So Today's podcast is, is a pretty cool one. We're going to be talking about buying used versus buying new. Um, in the dirt bike world. And there will be some of you guys out there who say, Kyle, what do you know about buying used? You don't buy a lot of used bikes. I don't buy a lot of used bikes, and it's because I have, I've bought a lot, I've bought a lot of used things in my life. I just haven't decided to buy a lot of used things recently, and I'm going to tell you why. So sometimes people forget that Dirt Bike Channel is just something that has evolved for me in the last, uh, you know, six, seven, eight years. I'm 38 years old, and so I do have a lot of uh, other experience in other fields um, prior to my YouTube experience. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, and I do keep a lot of records too. Um, I'm, I'm an organized person and I keep records of all kinds of things that I've, that I've done across my, across my life. So whether it was new four-wheelers that I bought or new dirt bikes that I bought or cars that I bought, trucks, you know, boats, different things. Um, and there are some things where I say, don't buy new. Absolutely, absolutely buy used. Like for instance, my, for instance, my boat. I've, I've purchased two different boats in my life here in the last decade, and I bought used both times. And I'm pretty, I have pretty strong feelings about buying used on that because you save like 60, 70, 80% of the cost sometimes by buying used. On dirt bikes, it's a little bit different deal. And I mostly buy new. And, I'll, and we'll go into why I do that here. So I'm going to talk about the pros and cons of doing both, uh, buying a used bike uh, versus buying a new bike, um, and why I do what I do. Um, and, and, and don't feel like you have to do what I'm doing. What I, in life, you do what you, you do what you can, and you do what works best for you. you know? And situations change too. Like when I was first married, there was no way I could even afford a dirt bike. I was going to school full-time. I was trying to work full-time. 
Uh, our family was, you know, young family was building. We're still building our family, but you get the idea. A lot of times the money that I would have wanted to spend on, you know, recreation went towards the rent and diapers, you know, or, or baby formula or whatever. So as you're, as we evolve over time, though, our, our financial situations change and our, our primary objectives change and what we value changes more as well. And so as I've kind of evolved and had a little bit more disposable income over the years, um, uh, then I've, I've changed my perspective on some of these things. But for right now, the 39-year-old Kyle Brotherson, I typically buy new bikes because um, I number one thing is I don't like wrenching on bikes a ton. I feel like I'm doing enough maintenance here on all the bikes that I have because I've got bikes for my boys. I've got bikes for my daughter. Um, I have a couple trials bikes to play around with, and then I'll have anywhere from two to five different bikes that I'm you know kind of working on or doing doing reviews on. And so I have a lot of bikes and just, just the standard maintenance that you're going to be doing on bikes is a lot. You know, you're going to be doing air filters. You're going to be doing oil changes. Uh, you're doing, going to be doing gear oil changes. You're going to be, you know, checking chain tension. You're going to be doing a lot of different things, you know, maybe even flushing out brake fluid and, you know, replacing brakes and you might have leaking fork seals and all these different things. It just adds up a lot. And, and we, this isn't even something that has broken, you know, you might break a lever or whatever. I don't want, I've got too many things going on to want a project bike to have to fix the project bike up. We did that once. Um, and I enlisted help from one of my buddies on most of it because I just don't have the time to do this stuff. I really don't. Um, and with a used bike, you're going to have to do some more of that. So let's get into what, like the, the reasons for maybe buying new and then the reasons for buying used. And keep in mind that you still have to pay tax on the bike either way. So in here in my, in my state in Utah, whether I buy the bike used or new, I'm still supposed to pay sales tax on the retail value of it. So if you buy the bike for ten grand, you are paying tax on $10,000. If you buy the bike for $5,000 used, you're paying tax on $5,000. Um, so you're going to pay tax either way. So that might be one of the reasons to buy uh, used is the tax is going to be a little bit less uh, or potentially less. But in some states, it doesn't matter. Like they just say, hey, look, the this bike, this is how much we charge for it, whether it's used or new. So that might come into your decision there. Um, a new bike, you pay a lot for it up front. So boo, you know, that's that's not the funnest part. You're going to pay more for the bike up front when you buy new. But hold on. It's not all it's not all bad because there's there's good and bad with both of these things. So one of the big benefits of buying new is is, is it is much easier to find what you're looking for when you buy new. You know, dealers are going to have these bikes all over. Uh, there's going to be multiple people that have the bike and you don't have to go looking for that needle in the haystack there. We'll get to that in a little bit. But dealers are going to have what you want. You know, and you might need to drive a couple of hours. I've had there are times where I've I've been after a a really hot bike and I've kind of come late to the party a little bit. I remember back in 2017, I was looking for a KTM 300 XC and I was a little bit late. This was back in October and the bikes had all kind of been picked over from, you know, July until October. And I, I called 37 or 38 different dealers and I had to drive all the way to Scottsdale, Arizona to get it. So I drove 11 hours one way to get the bike. But generally speaking, you can find these bikes for, you know, within an hour or two of where you live. And it's just easier to find a new bike. It just is. Um, the other, another benefit of buying new is that you know that every, you know everything that's happened to the bike. There's no like fluky thing that has ha happened with the uh, prior owner. You know, 
you know everything. You basically know everyone, every scratch on the bike, which I also recommend. As soon as you get a new bike, the best thing you can do is go crash it <laughs> and, and, get, and get rid of some of that new bike syndrome. Um, but you do know everything that happened to the bike and you're not inheriting someone else's problem. And that's a big deal for me, just mentally knowing that, you know, it wasn't like somebody ran it without an air filter uh, for a day or something like this. You know that everything, everything that's happened to the bike. Uh, so you don't get to inherit someone else's problem. Another thing is some of the bike manufacturers have about, you know, have a short warranty period from the manufacturer. KTM has one like a 30-day warranty. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but some of the manufacturers don't offer any warranty on these bikes. So keep that in mind. Um, and if you've got that 30-day warranty, you know, if something goes wrong inside of that window, you can go and a good dealer will back you up on that, you know, because the manufacturer will back them up on it. And so you just keep that in mind. And in fact, if you find a really great dealer, um, they'll, they'll back you up even if there's no warranty on it because they can kind of, you know, go back to the manufacturer and say, Hey, look, this is just a, this sucker was just a lemon. Like it came with this gasket hanging out the side of the case or whatever. This is not the type of product that you want to sell. It's not the type of product that we want to sell. You got to back, you got to work with us on this and, you know, maybe they can get the parts for it and, and whatever. Um, another reason why I like buying new is if you are installing protective items, protective parts, which I do on a lot of the bikes, um, it's much easier to install those things. A, when the bike is clean, I hate working on dirty bikes. Not that you can't clean a used bike, but, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but like if the parts are bent, then a lot of times they don't fit. Like for instance, I was just uh, putting some parts on the Sherco that I bought. It's a Sherco, it's a 2020 Sherco 300 SEF factory edition. And um, I got some radiator guards from Bulletproof Designs. They say right on there that if you have ever dumped the bike, if the part is bent, like if the radiator is bent at all, this radiator guard is probably not gonna fit. Um, and, and the funny part with that bike, the reason why I did radiator guards on that bike is I know talking to different people that that bike, it, it bends the radiators really, really easily with the way everything is designed. And so you can kind of tip some bikes, you can tip them over one time, just tip them over, just not even hardly scratch the bike and you can bend a radiator. You can't, a lot of times it's hard to find a part that will fit after doing that. So on this bike, I went ahead and I installed some of those protective items before I even rode the bike because it's just easier to install things when they are new. So keep that in mind. Um, when you go to protect the bike, it's just much easier to start fresh from, you know, a factory, uh, you know, a, an OEM bike that, that is stock and hasn't been ridden. Um, a, a negative of buying a new bike, because there are pros and cons to all of this. Negative is they lose the most amount of money in that first year. Um, just know this going in. So I've kept track of all the money, all the, the purchase price, purchase prices of all my bikes and how much I sell them for. Also know, also know that the asking price online on whatever classified service you're using, whether it's Craigslist, KSL.com, um, Facebook, whatever, Facebook marketplace, some of these places, the asking price and the sales price are not the exact same. And we basically never get to know what the sales price is on these bikes. Um, I don't believe what most people say <laughs> online because everyone wants to be like, show how awesome they were by getting the most amount of money on the bike and they're just exaggerating stuff. I don't believe most of that. I just know that when I sell bikes, I almost never get my full asking price and everyone knows that going in. So they inflate the, the asking price. 
but your bike will lose the most amount of money in the first year or so. So just know that going in. Um, we'll, we'll get into some numbers, just a, a simple numbers game here in just a little bit. Um, but also keep in mind that these one to three-year-old bikes, after you're selling them, um, you recoup most of the money that you used, and you can put that towards the next bike. So here's, here's one of the things that I did that kind of changed everything for me. You know, I, get a, I used to get a lot of email. I still do email or questions, maybe it was social media saying, how do you afford all these bikes? You must be so rich or whatever. Um, this, it isn't about being rich. It's just about saving enough money where you can buy that first bike outright. And let's just call it $10,000. I know that they used to be nine and it, they're anywhere from nine to $11,000, depending on what you get, but let's just round it down and say $10,000 for the ease of the math here. So you spend $10,000. I'm not going to count the tax tax. You just, you buy the bike, it's 10 grand out the door and you ride it for two years and then you sell it for 7,500 bucks. Okay. So that's a realistic thing. This happens all the time. So you lost $2,500 in riding that bike for those first two years. That equates, that equates to $105 a month. And so here's the trick. You find some way, you know, you have some side hustle or whatever you do where you put $105 a month into, you know, a, a new bike fund. If you get paid every two weeks, you put in $52.5. You put in $52.5 into an account or a jar every other week, and you have $2,500 at the end of those 24 months. And now you turn, you put that $2,500 towards the next bike and you're buying a new bike now every year. And think about that. Like you're spending way more on your cell phone, $105 a month. And you can have a new bike every, every other year. If you're willing to spend about 150 bucks a month, putting it into that little fund, save 150 bucks a month, you can have a new bike every year. For me, that's the way I do this because I love to have a new bike. I love to, I love the fact that I've got, you know, more of the cutting edge thing. I haven't inherited someone else's problems. I know the bike is most likely going to be bulletproof for the entire time. I'm going to ride it for 100 or 200 hours. And it's just an awesome way to do it. I just, I love that because I can have a new bike every year or every other year, depending on how much I want to save. And yeah, the hardest part is that first, you know, $10,000. And yes, you are losing this money each year, you know, but let's, okay. So let's say you buy a new bike every year and, and you, you lose two grand a year. That's totally, you know, uh, that's, that's what can happen. That is cheaper than golf, dude. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you put your money where your mouth is, you're, you're, you put your money where your passions are. And if your passion is in dirt bikes, then a hundred dollars a month, saving a hundred dollars a month so that you can have a new bike every year or every other year is not is not out of the question. It, it absolutely isn't. So that's why I buy new. There's a bunch of reasons in there while I, why I tend to buy new. Now on use uh, on my kids' bikes, sometimes I've bought, um, even recently, sometimes I've bought used bikes. Um, we have done that because sometimes it's just easy. Like I find one for a really good deal or somebody sends me something like, Hey, you know, this didn't work out for us. Is this something you could use? And we've purchased some, we've purchased some used bikes. Um, I've done, I purchased a number of them just in the last five years, some used bikes for the kids. Um, here's some reasons for buying used. So you pay less for the bike up front. And in some cases, I mean, you just do not have any other options. You, you don't have the credit to go out and put and get a loan on the bike. And I don't, 
I don't, I don't encourage you to go get a loan on these bikes. I have, I did get loans on a number of machines. I got a loan on the first machine I bought when I was 16, 17 years old. It was a 1998 Yamaha Banshee. I got a loan on that because I was making $5 and 15 or, you know, five bucks an hour or something back then. I didn't have whatever it was like four or five grand to buy that uh, four wheeler. So I, I financed that one. The first bike that I bought here in this modern era was a 2009 YZ450F. I financed that one. The next bike I bought was a 2012 KTM 300 XCW. I financed that one. I, I just had to. And then after that, it was like, you know what? Um, things were working out enough with my job and position and different things that I was able to purchase those bikes outright. And I've paid cash for every bike there on since. And one of the reasons why some people will buy a used bike is because they can pay cash. They don't want to owe anybody anything because this is an item that they, you know, there's really good reasons for not having a payment on your bike. The other guys could, you know, write some article about why you should have a payment. I'm not going to get into that. I'm just saying that one of the benefits is you do pay less for the bike when you pay for uh, upfront when it's used because you're not paying sticker price for it. But here's the trade-off with that. If you decide to go get a used bike, you have essentially enlisted yourself in a part-time job to find it. Think about it. You're going to spend anywhere from 20 hours to 80 hours searching on Craigslist or some other classified service, you know, Facebook Marketplace, whatever it is, uh, KSL.com, day after day, week after week, month after month. It takes a long time because a lot of guys, including me, you're looking for like this great deal. You're looking for this bike that has low hours, you know, that uh, is ultra clean or whatever. And you're looking for a needle in a haystack and it can take a long time and it can be really frustrating because, it, you know, you were like, you, you've been checking, you know, these, these places, these classifieds every, every couple hours and then somebody pops one up and, and, uh, it's like this great bike and, and you want to go down there and go look at it and, but you can't cause you got this thing at work. You can't take off time from work. And, and so it gets sold out from under you. And it was just because you happened to pull up your computer at the wrong time make no mistake, you are enlisting in a part-time job to find this thing. And then you're going to have to go drive around and look at a couple different bikes, you know, and you could spend anywhere from cumulative, you could have spent anywhere from three to 10, 12 hours driving around looking at bikes. Just stop and think about this. I mean, like 80 hours, like let's say you spend, this happens. You, you're going to say like, Kyle, this is a this is a bad example because this doesn't happen. I have people talk to me about this all the time, and I have done this. Let's say you spend 80 hours looking for a bike, and then we're going to add on 10 more hours of driving around to look at a couple different models. So now we're at 90 hours, okay? I don't know how much you make, but let's just say, guys out here, let's just say you're making $30 an hour. So you spent 90 hours looking for this bike, and you, at your current, you know, market rate, you're worth $30 an hour. That's 2,700 bucks. Okay. Now, if you, let's say, let's say you make, we take that same 90 hours and we say that you make $45 an hour because a lot of guys listening to this are going to make 45 or more per hour. That's four, that's over $4,000. So my question to you is what if you, you know, spent that time doing something else like going out and making money because you might be able to make four to ten thousand dollars on your 90 hours of searching that part-time job that I mean that's to me I look at this and I say look I can always make more money I can figure out a way 
to make more money. I can get some other job. I can deliver pizzas. I can mow lawns. I can, you know, offer services for whatever video services for people. I can do video editing work or whatever. I could take pictures for someone. Um, I could do some drone work for someone. I can figure out ways to make more money, but I can never, ever, ever figure out. I cannot ever make more time, you know? And so you just kind of have to think about this and figure out, is it worth it to me to spend, you know, enlisting in a part-time job where I have to pay myself? That's what it is. You're paying yourself to get a better deal on that bike. So just uh, something to think about. Um, and in the end, too, what ends up happening, I have seen this happen to me, and I know this happens to other people because they're always talking to me about it. In the end, sometimes you buy a bike that you're not totally satisfied with just because of the time commitment, you, time commitment that you already have put in. It's this thing called like buyer's fatigue that kind of sets in on you, and pretty soon you, you know, you're like, well, dang. I just need a bike and I've been doing this thing for two months or three weeks or whatever it is, whatever your breaking point is. And you go out there and you buy this bike that maybe is not, it's not perfect. And of course, it's almost impossible to find the perfect bike. And then two, if you, once you do buy the bike, it seems like the next day or the next week, like this other bike pops up and it was better than the one you bought and you're just super frustrated. And now you have this buyer's remorse thing going on. And so one of the things that I have done when I buy a used bike is immediately once I buy a used bike or a used car or used boat or whatever it is, I will then shut down and I will not look for, not. I don't torture myself. Don't look anymore for any of these things because you're just going to like upset yourself. Anyway, just some of those things. Another kind of con about nego- about um, buying a used bike is awkward negotiations. You guys know what I'm talking about here. Now, maybe some of you guys are okay with you know doing these negotiations, but there is a little bit of awkwardness there because they're trying to get a price up here. You're trying to get a price down here and you have to meet in the middle. Now, it isn't always awkward, but sometimes it is because uh, one of the reasons why it's awkward is a lot of guys will think that they... You know, they want to get all the money out of their aftermarket parts. They're like, hey, look, I bought this bike for $10,000 and then I spent $4,500 into it. So now it's a $15,000 bike, bike, but it's two years old. So I'm going to sell it to you straight for what I paid for it from the factory. You know, I'm just going to charge you 10. That is absolute garbage. Those people don't know that their parts don't make the bike worth anymore. Sometimes these aftermarket parts will make the bike sell quicker, but they don't make it sell for hardly any more. I'm talking maybe five cents, maybe 10 cents on the dollar is what you can realistically expect to pay uh, or get back for your accessories. I mean, think about it like this. If you go and you're looking for a Honda Accord or a Toyota Camry or a, you know, a Ford F-150 or whatever, the buy, th- that vehicle is worth what the you know, NADA, Blue Book, what the comparative sales are of those trucks are for. They don't care. So if you have a Honda Accord and it's worth $10,000, but you put in a $5,000 stereo, guess how much the bike, how much the car is still worth? It's only worth $10,000. It, it, it isn't, people don't care that you put a new stereo in it. People don't care that you put a new motor in it. It's just worth what it's worth. Same thing happens with dirt bikes. You might be able to get a little bit of money for your accessories, but that's the that's the, these awkward things. As you find this bike, and you're like, "Hey, this bike is what I want," but this guy's got a recluse auto clutch in there, and he's trying to get a thousand bucks for that. He's got this, you know, you know, crazy aftermarket this steering stabilizer on there. He's trying to he's trying to gouge me three hundred dollars for that. He's got this electron carburetor on there. He's trying to gouge me four hundred dollars for that. He says he's got you know moose bibs on there, and they're worth fifty bucks a pop. And all these things kind of add up, and then you're doing these awkward negotiations with people and it's parts that you probably don't want anyway. 
for me, when I'm looking for a used bike, I'm looking for the one that doesn't have all of these aftermarket parts on there. Because A, number one, I'm holding up on the number one here. I, I put my thumb up and I'm like, A. And I'm like, A doesn't work for number one. Number one, I don't want all your parts. And number two, I'm not going to pay you for them. You know? And so I'm looking, when I'm buying something used, I'm looking for something that the guy hasn't modified a ton because I don't want his setup. You know, and another thing, he might like re, might have revalved and spent all this money on the suspension. He's like, look, uh, this is $4,500 suspension and it's awesome. It probably isn't going to be valved right for you anyway. Maybe this dude does motocross and it's valved completely wrong or he weighs like 50 pounds more than you. And so you're going to have to revalve the bike anyway, but yet he's going to try to get his money back out of the revalve. Awkward. It, it can just be some of these awkward negotiations, you know, so the bikes are not worth more. Um, they're not worth more. And then, but here's a pro after you ride the bike for a year or two or three, it hasn't depreciated as much as the new bike. That is one of these silver linings here. You know, one, especially once bikes get down to around the $3,000 range, they, they'll depreciate, depreciate, depreciate down, you know, four, you know, 6,000, 5,000. Once they get around this $3,000 range, they kind of just hold their value right there for a while. And, and there are times where you might be able to buy a used bike and ride it for a year or two and not even lose any money on it, you know, other than the gas that you put on it and the tires that you put on it and everything. But like, as far as I've seen situations with some of my buddies where a guy bought the bike for 2,900 bucks, rode it for six months and sold it for $3,100. I mean, th those things do happen. Um, I've seen it time and time again, but, um, on the other hand, it isn't a spring chicken and sometimes those bikes take a little bit longer to sell. Now, all of this can happen different ways. So sometimes the bikes will sell super quick and sometimes they won't. But generally speaking, when you're selling a used bike, um, you're working with people who are down who have a little bit less disposable income or sometimes they don't have any money at all. Um, and it can just be, you get a lot of tire kickers. You get a younger crowd and it's just, you have to deal with a little bit more BS if you know what I'm talking about to be able to sell these bikes at the lower price point. Now, I'm not saying you don't deal with BS if you're selling your bikes for $7,500. You do. But it just seems like sometimes if you're trying to sell a YZ125 for $3,000, you're going to get a lot of 16-year-old, 17-year-old kids who don't really have the money. Um, and it's just, and they're trying to like maybe set up a lot of trades with you. <laughs> That's another thing. Um, it's always amazing to me how often when I'm selling a bike, when I have a bike listed, how many different like trade offers I get. Like, hey, I'll sell you, I'll, I'll trade you my my thirty out six rifle and uh, and five hundred bucks or something, you know. And I get it. I've been there, but I don't want the trades. I just want to get you know move off this bike and get something different. And so that's one of the downsides of doing, you know, maybe a used bike. You get a lot of tire kickers and a lot of people that don't have as much money. And so and in, they may need to go get a loan on the bike. And again, I'm not shaming anybody for needing to do that. I've been there many, many times. Um, but that can just take an additional time frame. And it's like, oh, now the bank, you know, didn't approve him for that thing. So you need to move on to somebody else and, and whatever. So. Those are some of the, th those are just some of my thoughts. I personally, for me, obviously you can pretty much see on my channel, most of the stuff on here that you see is new, especially in the last uh, seven, eight years. Most of what I'm doing is new and you've seen, uh, we've talked about some of the reasons why, you know, it's much easier to find what you find, you know, when they're new, um, you know, everything that's happened to the bike, you're not inheriting someone else's problems. You might have a warranty on the bike or the dealer can hook you up and, and help you out on that. Um, it's easier to install the protective items. 
you lose some money, you lose a lot of money in the first year or so. But you know, if you just set aside 100, $105 a month, $150 a month, you could have, you know, a, U, a, a new bike every year or every other year. Um, that first one is the hardest to do. Benefits of going with used is you pay less for the bike up front. That may allow you to buy the bike without getting a loan on it, which is a good thing. Um, but you did enlist yourself in a part-time job, you know, to go get that thing. You might have, uh, you might have been able to make like $4,000. I mean, the time that you spent, you're looking for this bike, you easily could have made between $1,500 or four, five, six, seven thousand $7,000, depending on what your time is worth to you. And it can be a pretty frustrating process on negotiations and these types of things. So anyway, those are some of my thoughts on this thing. Um, Again, there is no right or wrong answer. Everybody's situation is a little bit different. The main thing is to get out there and get a bike and get riding um, because this sport is awesome. And so any bike is better than no bike, or I should say most bikes. Most bikes are better than no bikes, and there's a ton of uh, really good used bikes out there. And if that's the way that you need to roll with this, go for it, man, because you can have once that bike, once you get that bike dialed in and you get it kind of set up and you get it working properly, a used bike is just as much fun as a new bike, generally speaking, um, because it's it's less about the bike, it's more about you. So once you get it set up for you and get it, you know, so that you've got some of the bugs and the kinks worked out of it, those used bikes can be pretty awesome. Obviously, we don't need to talk about how awesome a, a new bike can be. Everybody should kind of get that part of it. So. Hey, if you want to support Dirt Bike Channel, the, one of the easiest ways you can do that is to go to my website up in the upper right-hand corner. I have a links section there. There's links to Rocky Mountain ATV, Amazon, and Motorsport. You can go ahead and do that. Um, later in the year, we'll probably be doing a Dirt Bike Channel sweepstakes, so you can go to my website, dirtbikechannel.com, and get some swag. Um, yeah, and that's uh, pretty much what I've got for you guys. Hopefully, you are having a good summer, and I am going to recoup tonight and hopefully be able to get out on my ride tomorrow. And, uh, and not kill myself. So, okay. Thanks, guys. Let's leave a single track. Thanks. <laughs>